Welcome to uh, day 16 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp. I'm here with uh, Cindy Camp and David Keefe. So fun to read through the Gospel of Luke with you guys. Uh, this has been rich. Uh, on doesn't really matter which book of the Bible I'm in, whichever no. book of the Bible I'm in. It happens to be my favorite. It's my favorite one right now. Yeah. <laughs> Luke it's is so timely. Yeah, yeah. Luke is deeply rich. Uh, and he's rich because he sees, you know, the Old Testament story being fulfilled in Christ. And uh, we see, you know, from the ministry of Christ, he gives us these wonderful songs, you know, at the beginning. Uh, where you know, he talks about all of the Old Testament prophecies that are being fulfilled in the birth of Christ and the coming of John the Baptist. And then he demonstrates, you know, through one action after another, how the kingdom of God is breaking in in the person of Christ. And he's reversing uh, the curse in every way. Mm -hmm. So we come to uh, one of the most remarkable parables in all of the Gospels, the parable of the sower this morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we uh, begin our reading, why don't we offer this moment to the Lord, offer ourselves to the Lord. Cindy, do you mind leading us? I don't mind. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. Um, we thank you, Father, that your word is, is alive, it's active, it's, it's a tool in our hearts to uh, reveal sin, Father, and then to also provide hope. And we thank you for all that we do have, Father, because of your Son. So be with us in this time. Just ask that your Spirit would teach us, and it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chosa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path that was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he had said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing they fall away. Seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar, puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have will be taken away from them. 
Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your brother and your mothers, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're, we're, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Mm-hmm. Um, nice parable that you know talks about what it means to be a disciple. And uh, from the parable, we move into in a few more parables. And then finally, we, we, we come to the place where we see one of the most active demonstration of who Jesus is, mm-hmm. the creator God who commands the winds and the wave. Uh, we read in Job you know, just a couple of weeks ago that he tells waves when to stop, where to go, and uh, what limits they have. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he takes the waves that are on the Sea of Galilee, and he commands them, and it goes from a raging storm to calm and to, to quiet, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful picture of the power of Christ, not only were winds and waves, but in our lives as well. So, what are some of the things you know that stand out uh, as you read this passage? We probably have to start, you know, with uh, Luke's introduction, you know, to the parable of the sower, where he tells us about the number of women that were part of you know the, the company. We told you from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, this is a big theme with Luke. He uh, mm-hmm. he wants to point out to us through his gospel those uh, that were, were on the outside. Uh, who are part of you know the community with Christ, tax collectors and sinners, and, and of course, women were not you know highly respected or allowed to you know be disciples, and so we're going to find you know even the climax of that where we have Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, you know, and learning you know learning from him uh, as we you know continue you continue to read through this uh, gospel together, but uh, all of these women who are not only. Uh, Mary, who had seven demons, you know, cast out yeah. of her. Yeah. Uh, someone, you know, from Herod's household, mm-hmm. and, and then others who were, you know, sacrificially, you know, supporting the ministry through their means. No, and even thinking back to the the start of Luke, right, and in, in around Luke chapter one, verse twenty-five, uh, we're introduced to Elizabeth, who had been barren her whole life. Yeah. And she makes that wonderful statement, which has so much gospel in it, that the Lord has done this for me. And these days he has known, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Mm-hmm. And so again, getting to see that continued on, like you're saying, Paul, wow. here, where he's inviting these women into his ministry. And they're even using their own means to begin supporting yeah. the ministry of Christ. And so mm-hmm. what a beautiful picture. They're all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all in, and of course, that's a wonderful description of the, you know the gospel that God has shown us His favor and taken away mm-hmm. our disgrace. And that's not just true of barren women; that's true of every one of us. And then we have you know the parable, you know the parable of the the sower. You know how different people respond, mm-hmm. you know, to the word of God from those uh, you know who are so callous that immediately you know the enemy has opportunity to draw it out and take it away. Uh, to those who you know start off well, but they have no root. Uh, to those who get you know quickly choked, mm-hmm. and, and they never come to maturity. And then you know the, the the goal you know where Luke wants us to set our eyes is 
Uh, you know, I think in Matthew, it's a crop 30, 60, and 100 fold. Luke just goes to the very end, let's go for 100. Let's bear fruit. You know, let's bear fruit 100 fold. Well, I love that because, I mean, even in these days and the times we're going through, it's so easy to, to fall into some of these categories of either that testing and we fall away or choked out by the worries, the riches, the pleasures, um, and they do not mature. And so I love how... Mm-hmm. Even as a church, we're able to offer, you know, shaped by the word, you know, it just kind of helps reiterate what we've been doing day to day as far as being in the word, going to the word, getting to hear, you know, the Christchurch staff talk through the word and just inviting people into this so that um, the word, you know, um, can, can produce that crop. And even as Jesus says, you know, or Luke says later on, um, you know, my, my mother and brothers are those who hear my word and then put it into practice and so just as that daily rhythm of, of being in the word um fully no that's you know that's the way that luke is stringing you know stringing these you know together mm-hmm. uh even when he's talking about the lampstand he said be very careful how you hear right uh, because those who think they have even what they have they'll lose but uh, those who already have will be given more and so the same thing is true when you come to you know to the two mother and brothers and of who who really are my family, the family that love the word of God and are shaped by the word of God, and you know live the word of God. Uh, obviously, you know you alluded to it in the middle of the parable. The one I think that describes us most is, you know, in verse fourteen, the seed that fell among the thorns. Uh, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and, and pleasures. And if there's anything that you know that describes you know the age that we live in, mm-hmm. uh, it's the anxiety of you know the things that are going mm-hmm. on around us, and you know, the desire to have you know comfortable homes with great toys, and and always upgrading you know kind of our our standard of living and the way that you know that we live and just enjoying the good things around us. And those things become, even though those are common graces that you know God gives us freely to enjoy, those graces become bigger. Uh, you know, than the you know, special grace we have in Christ Jesus, which has called us into fellowship. Mm-hmm. And those things occupy our heart and mind so that we don't hear God's word and we don't bear, you know, the fruit. And I love in verse uh, 15, so it kind of gives us the idea of that progression to where you're producing um, this full crop. So you're hearing you're retaining, you're persevering, and then you're producing. And that's all a work of the Spirit, which is so um, comforting to know, too, that apart from the Spirit, you can't hear. I mean, he, He opens your ears to the hearing. But even to retain and persevere, I mean, that's the work of the Spirit in our lives. Right. You know, we, we have responsibility, yeah. you know, not to be hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews says, today, if you hear his word, do not harden your hearts. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have responsibility to mature and not just, you know, live a faith that is driven, you know, by emotions. Mm-hmm. And we have a responsibility to calm our hearts and minds and to set our idols aside, our pleasures and riches and you know the worries you know the, of this world the things that are you know possessing us and you know to to worship god and and, and to know god mm-hmm. but uh, you're right at the same time all of these are works of his spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we hear because he has allowed us to hear mm-hmm. we grow because his spirit is working mm-hmm. you know to make us grow and it's the mystery of you know god's you know sovereignty at work in us yeah. uh, our divine sovereignty and human responsibility working together 
for the impact. And in the word persevere, there's a very important word in all of the Gospels. It's, it's, it's one, you know, that we miss. You know, Lucas is probably telling us these are the ones who are truly disciples. Right. You know, not someone who had an experience, you know, mm-hmm. once and not someone who got so distracted, you know, that they walked away. But someone who perseveres, which you write as a gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he makes us stand. Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> and so what an invitation there in these days to, to go to the word, um, to persevere in light of the word and and to not let um, the, the word go void in our lives. Um, but I love how so he says, you know, and they do not mature, talking about that, that last group before he gets to the verse 15. Um, so just think about my own life my own maturity, my own time in the Word, mm-hmm. and my laying that have its full effect in my life. And that's, that's definitely something for me to be thinking through. And obviously we're looking, you know, for much more than uh, reading a reading plan and uh, oh, yeah. listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for a noble heart that receives, mm-hmm. retains, and produces and perseveres. So that that, that is, you know, the, the goal of, of this. And again, you know, the emphasis of, you know, the the light and the lampstand. He says nobody you know lights one and then sets it under a clay jar or under your bed. I especially wouldn't set it under your bed, but uh, <laughs> uh, and it's kind of interesting that he brings that back to hearing. He said, "Be very careful how you hear, because what you have can be taken away from you. You you can lose it. So continue to hear. You hear to continue to be at his feet." And then the same thing you were saying a while ago. You know, the description of Jesus' brothers and sisters are those who hear God's word and put it into practice in verse verse 21. Mm-hmm. Then we have the calming of the storm, which is mm-hmm. just always to me. I, uh, I I once was on a lake where a storm came up and we were um, stranded on a little sandbar for you know, about two or three hours and awaiting it through. And I always see that, but I've also been on a lake where the water is just so quiet mm-hmm. and so glassy. Mm-hmm. And you never see you know it move immediately from one uh, one to the other but again a demonstration of the kingdom power breaking in the creator God who sets the limits on winds and wave has set the limits here and, and of course uh, apostles who have seen a lot up to this point they've seen <laughs> him raise the dead they've yeah. you know seen him uh, you know perform incredible miracles cast out demons yeah and... uh, they're still astonished mm-hmm. every day at who he is and the picture you know that we have in him Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think this account, but obviously in, in the Gospel of Luke, um, when I first came to Christ Church, we, Paul was preaching through the Gospel of Mark. And I believe this was actually the first passage I ever taught at Christ Church, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Love getting to see um, who Jesus really is and how we, when we see him for who he really is, it is very surprising and it is very you know, who is this that he commands even the winds mm-hmm. and, and the water that they obey him? And I love as well that he had a question he asked there um, as he rebukes the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is y- your faith? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just thinking through where is my faith when it comes to, to Jesus and who he is and what he is, is doing? Um, is my faith in him yeah. currently? Because he's proven that my faith should be in him because look yeah. at who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were panicking uh, rather than uh, mm-hmm. trusting in Christ. And, uh, you know, and, and he rebukes them you know, in that. And then, of course, when they see this happen in fear and amazement, that that's kind of a, a, nice, you know, <laughs> a nice way to respond. There's both this awesome reverence of 
who in the world is this? And we saw this from the very beginning, you know, after Jesus tells Peter to, you know, cast the nets out into the deep. And he said, we've done this all night. And then they, they have a catch that's greater than they can handle. And he said, just get away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. I don't want to be this close. So that there, there's you know, both of that, you know, that, that sense of, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and then all of this, this is both wonderful and fearful in, in that same moment. So it's kind of nice. Heavenly Father, thank you for who you are. We thank you that uh, not only do you calm physical storms, but uh, you are able to take the moment we live in with its raging storms and bring calm and peace. May we not panic, but may our heart be set in you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.